We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. The City of San Bernardino Animal Shelter is currently at full capacity, so if you're looking to add a furry new family member to your household, please consider adoption. Here to tell us why shelter pets are awesome is Chris Watson, Animal Services Director for the City of San Bernardino and Animal Control Officer Ariana Gonzalez. Tell us about the special guests you've brought in with you today. Well, I have this beautiful husky. She is a couple years old and she's super friendly super sweet she has blue eyes and she is looking for a home her name is star and she uh, would be the perfect addition to any family and she's super super sweet and super sweet love streets gets a long time absolutely gets along with other dogs she is kenneled right now with a, a shepherd in the same uh, kennel as she's in and tell us about the other guests that you've brought in today well we have frankie blue eyes so he's <laughs> a little kitten he's about seven months old he came to us with a wound on his head so our vets fixed him up and got him neutered and he is ready to find a new home he's making biscuits and purring right here next to me so <laughs> definitely loves people and wants to cuddle. And before we get too carried away, tell us about some of the services that the City of San Bernardino Animal Shelter provides, not only for pets, but also for people. Absolutely, yes. We have a partnership with a group called the Lang Foundation. Our main point is to try and help people keep their pets. The Lang Foundation can assist with spay and neuter costs. They have vouchers where the spay and neuter cost for members of the public would only be $25. They're able to assist with medical costs. And we're here to help people with their pets. So we pick up stray animals in the community. Sometimes the gardener leaves the gate open and a dog gets out and we're here to help people get their animals back. Our officers will scan the animals in the field. If the vet has a microchip, they can take the pet home that day without even coming to the shelter. So those are the things that we try and work with the community on. Microchipping, if people are interested in getting their pet microchip, they can come down to the city shelter and we'll help them with that. And basically we're here to help the community and help the pets that are in the city. We do a lot of adoptions. We do rescue wildlife and give it to some of the wildlife rehabilitators. Our animal control officers handle all types of animals out there in the field. Why has there been such an influx of intakes recently? Are these strays or surrenders that are being brought in? It's a mix of both. A lot of the strays, you know, in COVID, uh, everybody was home so they could keep an eye on their pets and knew where they were. Now that people are going back to work and getting back out in the community, pets are getting out, they're getting to the shelters, people are trying to make time to come and get them in between work and all of their other commitments. We are seeing some surrenders. People are losing their homes, unfortunately. Maybe they're moving in with a family member. The animals don't get along and they have to give up their pet or they're not able to take their pet with them. What are some of the misconceptions that people have about adopting a shelter pet? People, I feel like, think that shelter pets are broken 
or that, you know, there's a reason for them to be at the shelter. So they don't want to take the risk. And it's more appealing to go adopt a eight week old puppy from a breeder. But in a lot of cases, a lot of these pets, you know, we get full bred dogs in there. They're not just mixed breeds, but all of them, you know, regardless of their breed, they deserve a home. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved. I have shelter pets and they are the best. They are so appreciative of you giving them that chance. And I feel like people just really, they just look past them. They see, you know, a three or four year old dog or maybe an eight year old dog, but there's still a lot of life left in that animal. There's still a lot of love and they would still be a great addition to any family. I have four house cats and they, this this group came to me. They were all like kittens that mama cat had abandoned them. And so friends were like, here, you're going to go to Vicky's house now. And so that's how I got this set. But the, the set that I had before this current group were shelter pets. I was living in L.A. at the time and I'd seen a, a Craigslist ad and the story. And I don't know if this was accurate or not, but the story was this one cat had his family had moved on and just left him behind. And so he was at the shelter and now he was red listed and his name was Cow. And I was like, oh. I'm from the Inland Empire. Of course I need a cat named Cow. So I had gone to the shelter to get a cat and went in there with his identification number. And they had said, oh, we really want this cat to get adopted. He's very adoptable. We've got him and his roommate in a cage in the lobby. And they're both spayed and neutered, so they can go home today. And I didn't even have a chance to like to touch them or to pick them up or anything until after I got home with them. Because I was like, I'm not separating these two. <laughs> These things happen. Sometimes you go to adopt a cat and you wound up with two. Yes. <laughs> but I, I got them home and the one cat, Miss Betty, as soon as I picked her up, she crawled up my chest and she put her paws around my neck like she was hugging me. Like she knew that this was a good place. Now, Cow took some, he had a transition period. He was never, he was never a jerk. He was always very sweet, but it took him a while to warm up. It was six weeks before he'd sleep with me. And I had them for a little over a year before, uh, it was 2009, I'd lost my job. And so I, I became a boomerang kid. I moved back home with my parents and the cats came with me. But it was then that I think Cow realized that he belonged to the person and not the place because at that point, his level of love for me just exploded. Like I would come home and he would come running to meet me at the door. And I really do think that the shelter pets know that you have saved them. And uh, no offense to the group of cats that I have now because I love them and they are incredibly spoiled, but they don't know how good they have it. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some other reasons that someone should consider adopting a shelter pet? We have so many of them. I mean, we have 160 plus dogs right now and 80 cats at the shelter looking for homes. Pets can bring a lot to people. I, I mean, we think of all the things that we do for them. But there's studies that prove that they help lower blood pressure. They help you focus. It's one of those things that they contribute to our mental well-being just as much as we contribute to theirs. So, you know, that's first and foremost, they're with us till the end. It's, their, it's your always, always their partner. They also help teach uh, kids empathy and kindness and how to care for others. You know, my son has grown up with pets. I know a lot of family members have done the same thing, and it teaches them that responsibility. Like, hey, why don't you feed Fido tonight? You know, and, and so they know it's not all about them. 
gets us outside of ourselves to say, okay, hey, there's this little thing here. I need to care for them. They're helping me. I'm going to do what I can for them. So, you know, and this is about community. These pets came from our community. You know, if we can bring them back in and care for them, we're helping to make the community a lot healthier, both from a social standpoint as well as like a mental well-being standpoint, too. I'm speaking with Chris Watson, Animal Services Director for the City of San Bernardino and Animal Control Officer Ariana Gonzalez. What are some things you wish people knew about pet ownership before getting a pet? Well, as an officer, it is a lot of work. And I think that people, when they get puppies, they have to realize that those puppies grow up and those puppies can be like sticky little dirty kids and they're (laughs) going to get into things. They're going to be naughty and it takes a lot of work. So my recommendation, you know, anytime someone adopts or um, has a pet is you have to put work into it. You have to be patient. You have to be willing to go their extra mile. They're going to get sick. They're going to get injured. And, you know, you would have to care for them like they're your family member. It's a lifetime commitment. You know, most dogs um, with, you know, good health, they can live well on to 10 plus years. And so I just I wish that people knew that. It's not a temporary commitment. It's a lifelong commitment for the the pet's life, the remainder of their life, you know, and I just really wish that they wouldn't feel like they could recycle them. Mm. You know, it's you're bringing them into your family. It's your responsibility. Love them, care for them and be patient with them with every step, you know, along the way. You mentioned pets getting injured. And of course, we hope that never happens. And we hope (laughs) our pets never get sick. But the reality is, is that they do. Talk to us about how pet insurance can help us budget for those unexpected crises. Yeah, pet insurance usually has a low cost per month. So depending on the plan, and there's various plans, much like people health insurance, like if you just want the basics. So if there's an accident or something happens and you need that emergency service, that's there. There's the wellness component where the annual shots and stuff they get can be defrayed by that cost. But it's there much like everything else. It's that little bit that you sock away every month. It's like a purposeful savings account for you and your pet to put that away. So when the rainy day comes and Fluffy needs to get a little cut repaired or something happens, cats tend to get abscesses a lot. So those usually need to be cleaned out. That can be up to $300. But if you're paying the monthly fees, that could be something where you're not looking at a cost. I know some vets like VCA, they have a whole bunch of different offices throughout the U.S. They offer monthly plans directly at their locations where people can pay a little bit and that covers the medical costs for their pets. Just trying to put away some savings, knowing that pets get older and much like humans as they age, there's going to be aches and pains that is going to cost a little bit more to take care of. You want to make sure that they have the proper treatment and medicine to help them relieve some of the aches and pains that they get just as they're getting older. I feel like we hear this all the time, but it just doesn't sink in with some people. Why is it so important to spay and neuter our pets? Because our shelter is going to be the number one, you know, perfect example. You know, these pets, they came from somewhere. And we just see it all the time. We, we're bringing in mama dogs that are pregnant. We're bringing in unneutered males, um, you know, unaltered females. And it's just important. It's a never-ending cycle. You know, if a dog has eight babies, those eight babies are going to grow up and they're going to turn around and they're going to have, you know, eight to ten babies. And it just, within a year one dog can produce over a hundred dogs mm. um, and it just never ending. And those dogs, unfortunately, don't all find homes. 
and they end up at the shelter. And so it is very important to spay and neuter to keep our population down, but it's also very important to spay and neuter for health reasons. And so I just feel like people really shouldn't try to support backyard breeding or any breeding of these animals when we have dogs that are going to go home with you from the shelter. They're vaccinated, they're spayed and neutered, they're ready to go. And so I just, people need to understand the importance of it. Yeah. And to add on to that, Ariana mentioned the health benefits. So dogs that are intact, intact males and intact females have higher incidences of cancer, which is difficult to treat in animals and quite costly. And then also with females, you have the chance of uterine infections. And being in this field, we've brought in more than our fair share of female dogs or cats that have had that infection, it's quiet until the very end. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that we can do for them once they Mm -hmm. get to us, unfortunately. And so just by spaying or neutering, you're cutting down on those instances where these dogs are coming in with those infections. And then dogs don't tend to stray too. So you have an intact male, there's a female in heat Mm -hmm. somewhere in the neighborhood, they're going to break down that gate or that window or that door to get out of that house and get to that female. And that raises the chances of them being hit by a car, attacked by another animal. And so by spaying and neutering them, you're reducing all of those possibilities from their future. And no, they can't have any more pets, but I can tell you we have an unending supply at the shelter right now. We have three moms and babies, one of which was giving birth on one of our animal control trucks last week. She wound up having 10 puppies. (gasps) And we have the low cost options right now to help the community. It may take a while. There is a shortage of veterinarians in the California and throughout the U.S., but $25, we can give you a voucher, and that's all it's going to cost for you to get your animal spayed or neutered. Certain breeds require some education before adopting them. What resources are available to those breeds that require this level of research and understanding? There are some really good resources online. The ASPCA has a lot of free training available to pet owners. Also, if you go through AKC, American Kennel Club, they also have some resources on breed-specific animals. So really knowing what you're getting into. If you're getting a husky, for example, Star, one of the dogs we brought with us today, is a husky. They have a lot of energy. So making sure you have the time to take them out for their daily walks or their daily runs or some other way to keep them busy. German Shepherds, Malinois, I know a lot of people are getting the Belgian Malinois. They need a job to do. They absolutely need the training and the structure, just like any child would need. Like, this is a yes, this is a no, and they need a job to do, or they're going to drive you crazy. So knowing that before you get into an animal, that there is an exercise component, which is good for us, good for them, that mental stimulation component, and there's a whole lot of other resources available, PetSmart, Petco, everybody has some of these toys and online training classes and things that are more accessible than they ever were before. And if I can add, uh, reach out to the small businesses. There are a lot of people who have their certifications for dog training. So, you know, look online, you know, throw something in Google really quick and look at dog trainers in your area that can come to your home that can help you every step of the way through the training process for your new friend. Tell us about the partnerships that you have with local rescues. There are some dogs that we're not able to place. Perhaps they have an injury that's too severe. 
they had to have an amputation or maybe they're a little bit nervous in the shelter and we're not able to really get them out of their shell. So we have hundreds of rescue partners that we rely on. We'll email them and say, hey, can you help us with this dog or this cat? They need some extra special care and attention. And so they'll step up and take the animals and put them in a home-based foster where they can really assess the animal. The shelter is kind of an artificial environment. And for those animals that are nervous or scared, the loud noise, the constant barking, the next-door neighbors can make it overwhelming for them. So we absolutely need our rescue partners, and, and we have several that have stepped up over the past few months to take several of the animals. We have one rescue partner that's helped us with some severe medical cases, getting them the care that they needed. And uh, we also have our Lang Foundation, which helps us and helps the community with their animals. How does someone go about adopting an animal from the City of San Bernardino Animal Shelter? Well, we are closed on... Sundays and Mondays. So what you can do is we are open to the public Tuesday through Saturday. If you're interested, go online, go to Pet Harbor, kind of scan through some of the animals that you might be interested in. Write down their animal ID number. It always starts with an A. And take it to the shelter Tuesday through Saturday. You can make an appointment to meet an available pet and uh, do a meet and greet with them. Or you can kind of browse around and scan our kennels, ask the kennel staff. They're very friendly. They're willing to help. They're willing to take out some pets for you to look at, take them into the play yard, see if it's a fit for your family. And yeah, so just anytime, Tuesday through Saturday, we're always there at 10 to 5 p.m. So you're not requiring appointments for people to come in and browse the animals? Appointments are definitely preferred so and encouraged. And they just need to call our number, which is 909-384-1304 to make that appointment. Every day, Tuesday through Saturday from 12 to 3 p.m., we do have, we're open to people who just want to walk through. Maybe you're not quite sure which animal you want and you want to look at all of them. So when we're open from 12 to 3, that's the opportunity to come in and walk through. I will say that we do get quite busy. So bring your patients, your chairs and everything else. You might be waiting in a line if you come in during that time period. But if you know which one you want and you're absolutely sure that you want to visit with that one, go ahead and call, make that appointment and you will get through a lot faster. And the animals are spayed and neutered before they leave the shelter. Yes. Some animals like Brock, who we brought with us today, and Blue Eyes here, they came in with an injury. And so we had them neutered at the time that they were at the vet's office. There are pets that come in and they're completely healthy, so they won't get um, neutered until after the adoption. So you may come in on a Friday and you complete the adoption. The pet will stay with us and go to our vet on Monday or Tuesday, get altered, and then go home with them that day. So it gives you an opportunity to kind of prepare for the animal to come home. So you know which one, what size, and everything else is going to be coming home with you. So there might be a small delay. And what are the adoption fees and what is included in the adoption fee? Well, for this week and last week, because we're so full, we have reduced the price of adoptions for the public. So uh, normally an adoption is $70 plus the cost of spaying and neutering. It will be $25 and that will include the cost of spaying and neutering just because we're so full. And we, you know, some of these animals have been with us since July since June, and we want to get them out. We want to get them to a home. And are the animals microchipped before they leave the shelter as well? Yes. State law mandates that all animals, either redeemed by their owner or adopted, 
have to be microchipped before they leave the shelter. And tell us what is involved with the microchip. You had briefly mentioned that earlier. Tell us more about what that entails. Any dog who has a microchip it is placed between their shoulder blades, just under their skin. And we have scanners in all of our animal control officer trucks. We will scan a loose stray pet and sometimes a number comes up. And when it does, we get super excited. We call the manufacturing company for the microchip. And sometimes they're able to give us phone numbers, addresses. We don't even bring that animal into the shelter. We take it directly home, reunite them with their family. There was a case that I had one of my fellow officers, Officer Elliot, a few months back, and we scanned a dog. We took it home, and they hadn't seen their dog in over nine months. Oh, my gosh. And they were super excited. And it's funny because we did pick up the dog within a two-mile radius of where the home was. And, you know, so sometimes they get into other people's yards. Other people take ownership of, you know, this stray animal, but the animal has a home. So it's very important to microchip your animals. We can reunite them with their family, and that's always the best outcome. And the microchips are really small. They're about the size of a grain of rice. We insert them with a needle, and it's not painful to the animal. It's just like giving they them a vaccine. They, yeah. yeah, half the time they're like, okay, what, what was that? You just like, you know, so I know people kind of worry about like what is going on or, or the size is it going to hurt. It, it does not hurt. Most of the time they're just, okay, what are you doing back there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> And with a microchip, even if their tag falls off, they can still be identified as yours. Yes, absolutely. Now, it doesn't, sometimes people think that there's a way to kind of pull up on their phone and see where that microchip is. It doesn't give out like a GPS signal. It's a radio frequency signal that is activated when we scan our wand over them. And it tells us what that number is on that radio frequency. And then we call that to find the person. But it's not like you can look up and say, okay, oh, there he is. He's two blocks over walking down the street. That's not how microchips work. It's specifically for us to scan them, but they are lifetime. Yes. And then also I encourage any pet owners out there who maybe they're, they already have a dog that has a microchip. It doesn't hurt for every once in a while to get that microchip number. A local veterinarian, the animal shelter, anyone can scan it, call the manufacturing company and just make sure that your information is updated that it is registered because there have been cases where we scan a microchip and maybe phone numbers or emails or addresses are not updated and we we don't ever um, get a chance to reunite that animal with their family and that's kind of a bummer or sometimes some microchips are not registered and so some of the um, information will not be on file for that animal. So it's important if you have a quick minute, you're at home, you know, uh, get your pull your paperwork out, take your animal to get scanned, make sure your phone numbers and everything is updated because that helps officers in the field to um, bring your baby home. I've been speaking with Chris Watson, Animal Services Director for the City of San Bernardino and Animal Control Officer Ariana Gonzalez. Is there anything else you want us to know? I just want the community to know that we're here for them. It's not just about adoptable pets. And that's not why we're here. We're here for resources. We're here for information. We're here if you need dog food, if you're struggling, you know, maybe you can't buy your dog's dog food that month, your cat's cat food, come to the shelter. Let us know that you're struggling. Let us know that you need information, you need help. We're willing to help you. We're willing to help with whatever we can to keep your animal safely in your home. 
The other thing I'd like to add is that we're all in this because we love animals. We want to see them rehomed. We want those happy endings for all of the animals in our care. And that happens with the community support coming in and adopting from us. I I know sometimes people think the shelter's a really sad place, but it doesn't have to be. It can be where you find your forever pet. You know, you can volunteer. You can foster for us. We always have a need for fosters for underage kittens. We just need people in the community to provide a safe space for them and we'll provide the food, the bottles, the formula, everything else they need to grow up and then be adopted by somebody else. We just need their support to make that happen in some of those cases. But we're all here because we love our community, we love the animals, and we want to make things better for everybody. Where can people go to get more information on volunteering or fostering or to learn anything else about the shelter? They can go to our website. It's sbcity.org, sanbernardinocity.org, and our animal services page is there. It has all of the resources for volunteering, for fostering. There's an online application for volunteering. Fostering information is there. If they do find a batch of underage kittens and the mom doesn't come back within a couple of hours within our city, we can bring them the supplies that they need to foster those guys for us. Tell us again why someone should consider STAR or Rocco or Blue Eyes as their new family member. Because they're waiting for you. It's really just that simple. They're waiting for you. You know, they're they're very lovable. They're very cute. They will love you forever, the remainder of their life. So it's just really that simple. If you can open your home and open your heart, these animals would love you. They they would love you for the remainder of their life. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you for doing a job, which I assume is an often thankless one. Thank you, Vicki, for having us and talking about our animals. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.